This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10 off T-E-N-O-F-F for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Hey guys, back from tour. Got back home a few days ago on Friday. It's Sunday as I record this episode, and I just wanted to uh, kind of break down what it was all about. Got a chance to hang out with some of you guys, and that was awesome. Um, I always encourage people to uh, approach me at these shows and say hello and talk. And I really enjoyed talking to you guys out there on the road and, uh, you know, seeing some familiar faces, some people I've hung out with before, obviously, and some new faces of uh, people who listen to the show that uh, I haven't met yet. So uh, we'll be hitting the road again uh, this fall. So uh, doing the same circuit through this country. And um, yeah, definitely if you see me at the show, feel free to come up and say hi and talk. And uh, I always enjoy those experiences. Uh, but real quick, before we get going, I want to thank everyone who uh, joined the uh, Patreon. And we have uh, two, we have three, no, three, three brand new Patreon subscribers. So I'd like to thank Bob, I'd like to thank Robin, and I'd like to thank Christopher for joining up with the Everything Went Black Legion. Uh, anyone who actually subscribes to that know that Ralph and I are trying to figure out um, a cool name and a t-shirt idea. We've been throwing out a bunch of ideas. Uh, you guys have also been giving us some ideas for shirts and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, the, the whole movement is growing and I'm really excited, and I love doing those episodes, especially the Long Shadows episodes where Ralph and I get to talk about weird, weird fiction. And uh, yeah, so Patreon, $1 will give you access to all the bonus content, or $5, which will give you early access to all of these regular episodes plus the bonus content. Plus some stuff that we're trying to figure out down the line that we can offer to people. And I think we're going to be adding more um, tiers. You know, as this thing moves on, uh, we're coming up with different ideas involving more people. And that's the beauty of Patreon is as we actually start generating a little bit more income, we can afford to do cooler things, possibly with video, uh, you know, live stuff, like things like that. I don't know anything about video. Uh, Ralph doesn't know anything. Well, probably knows. I'm, I'm speaking for him out of turn probably. But I, I can say that neither one of us are adept at video production. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I'd like to get into that aspect of things. And anyone who's been listening to Everything Went, Everything Went Black has known that that's been a huge goal of mine is to actually have a audio visual component to this show that's not just like on a you know a zoom call or a iphone video but something that's actually substantial a little bit more produced that involves graphics and uh, production and editing and all that kind of stuff so we're getting closer to our goals of producing something like that which is uh which is very cool 
also, uh, I, while being on the road, I, uh, I'm a slow responder to messages. So I apologize to anyone out there who has co- tried to contact me uh, via either Facebook or Patreon messaging systems, and I haven't responded to you. And there's one particular message that I scanned late one night while we were driving. Um, and it was a very involved, long message uh, that was talking about grief and things like that. And I cannot find that message. So if you're out there listening, please hit me up again and maybe resend it. And I don't know where it, where it went. It's somewhere in either the Patreon stream, you know, Patreon messaging stream or the Facebook messenger. I, I don't know. Like things got crazy, a lot of driving. Um you know, you, you end up uh, locking into this like weird pattern while you're out on the road, and I, I wasn't I, I wasn't really uh, you know responding to uh, diligently to some of these things. So now that I'm home, uh, you know, I apologize if I missed your message. It seemed like a heartfelt sort of uh, you know attempt to contact me, and I apologize. And I, I know that I would like to put together a more involved uh, response and that's why I put it off and now I cannot find that message. So once again, I apologize for that. So onward about the tour. Uh, You know, I've been out on the road for the past month with Origin, Abysmal Dawn, and Calliterus. That's an interesting name. (laughs) I, I was kind of taken aback when I first saw that uh, there was a band called Calliterus on the tour, but they turned out to be an incredible bunch of guys, and they're new friends of ours, and uh, really enjoyed being on the road with them, and seriously, one of the most talented bands that I've seen perform in a long time, like beyond any expectation of technical proficiency every single member of that band was an incredible player and incre- incredibly creative dudes it was an honor to be on the road with them the whole bill was great i mean i've said it uh you know on the road that i i was uh by far the least talented musician on this particular run of dates i mean you got paul ryan from uh from origin um, you know, who is a innovator, actually all of origin. If you think about it, John Longstreth on drums, Paul Ryan, Mike Flores on bass, incredible innovators in the extreme music world. I mean, without origin, you would not have bands like Arch Spire or Allegion or, you know, any of these fast technical death metal bands. owe so much to origin. You know, they've been at it. I mean, the first time I think I saw Origin had to have been like 99 or 2000 on the um, Relapse Contamination Tour. Uh, I want to say Exhumed was on the bill. uh, Mortician, uh, maybe Cephalic Carnage might have been on that bill. And uh, I was blown away by how just incredibly chaotic and over the top the band was. And, And that's the thing, man. It's like, Live, Origin is an unstoppable machine. Uh, incredible live band, you know, and just 
every night delivered. You know, Jason Kaiser, one of the greatest front men in extreme music, um, just really knows how to work a crowd and really understands the value of being a front man. And that, that's a skill that a lot of people do not possess. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that, honestly. I, I don't, you know, anyone who's seen Tombs perform live, like, I'm not about working the crowd or, like, you know, banter or any of that kind of stuff. And Kaiser really has that dialed in where it comes off, like, in a cool way and, and it engages the crowd and people seem to like it. And I enjoy watching him do his thing on stage. And he's a sick vocalist and uh, just an all-around cool guy. And, you know, the whole the whole tour was good vibes, honestly. Um, you know, made some really good friends. Uh, everyone got along. No personality quirks or anything. You know, of course, you know, being on tour is stressful so at, at times, but everyone made the best of it. I feel like everyone was experienced and they, they you know, they've been doing this for a long time and, and um, everyone helped each other out and everyone worked together and it was all in all just a, a very good experience. That's not to say there weren't some, some shortcomings, which I'll get to. <laughs> um, yeah, just the, uh, for us, I mean, origin had been on tour for uh, several weeks prior to us joining them. So they had done the entire East coast and Eastern part of Canada and the Southeast and most of Texas before we joined the tour. So their, their tour was, I mean, it was almost two months long for them because our leg was about a month long. So they were on a long grind doing this thing. And there was different bands on the eastern leg of the tour. And the change-up was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So that was our first day was Albuquerque. So we drove all the way from New Jersey to Albuquerque. So with a, starting off the tour with a 30-hour drive was uh, – Kind of brutal, actually, you know, but we made the best of it, man. Like, we were just eager to be out on the road. And yes, we did an East Coast tour prior to this, but it'd been close to three years since we had done any kind of substantial touring on a national level. That bums me out because. As this tour experience galvanized within me, that's my life, man. You know, um, I wasn't looking forward to coming home. I got to be honest. Like I was looking forward to having some downtime, you know, sleeping, resting, that sort of thing. But I imagine, I reckon in three or four days, I'm going to be ready to go back on tour again. You know, and luckily we got something booked for the fall. Life at home is pretty monotonous uh i spent a lot of time by myself um you know i don't have much of a life here and uh being out on tour again really made me understand that um that's part of who i am and that's what i should be doing with my time you know and i know uh i just i try to have a life at home i try to like integrate myself into this world in a, in a way that is um, common with other people, but I just cannot seem to manage that. And uh, the real true nature of myself is this kind of adventure uh, world of travel 
and being in a different place every day and interacting with different people every day. And that's when I'm the happiest, I think. So uh, tomorrow is back to the grind, you know, back to my job, back to the gym, which is great. Looking forward to training. Well, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty, but I will be at Muay Thai tomorrow at 6 o'clock, uh, dressed out and ready to roll. But, um, you know, I'm a bit out of shape. However, I did get a chance to train with uh, Jamie Getz at East Van Muay Thai in Vancouver. And we got a good hour of work in uh, before um, load-in. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And uh, Jamie's got a nice gym there. Uh, you know, he's a co-owner. I didn't get a chance to meet anyone else at that gym. But um, it's a great place if you want to train and you, you're in Vancouver. And it was a lot of fun uh, hitting pads and doing some clinching with Jamie. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a trip, man. I got out of the van. They dropped me off at the gym. And I had an hour before our load-in time. And I was just like, all right, let's get some work in. Look, you know, I brought my gloves, brought some wraps, brought my shorts, and that sort of thing. And I was, re- and we got in a nice, solid hour of training. And, um, you know, I was out of shape, obviously, but sitting in the van all day for two, you know, for I, it had been two weeks since I'd actually done any kind of training. But it just felt good to move around and, and improve my mood, and you know, I mean, I was trying to do what I could. I brought some kettlebells, brought my jump rope. Uh, that we had brought some other, some of the other guys brought some weights. So we were doing these um, workouts on the sidewalk or in the parking lot. And uh, actually, one of the eye opener workouts took place in Denver, Colorado at altitude. <laughs> that was like any, anyone who doubts altitude, uh, you know, um, take it from me, man. It, it's a killer, man, trying to do any kind of exercise. At altitude, if you are someone who lives at sea level like me, you know, but we soldiered on and I got in a pretty good workout at altitude, you know, now with uh, kettlebells, doing some burpees, that kind of thing, jumping rope, etc. Oh, where, where do I leave off here? Okay, yeah. So the beginning of the tour, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 30 hour drive. We did not stop, we just got in the van in Keyport and blazed across the country, changing out drivers, driving all night, cranking tunes, stopping and eating at Denny's, like that sort of, all that fun stuff that you do on the road. We did all that stuff just to get back into the vibe. Straight across the country to Albuquerque. We calculated that if we were to arrive the night before our first show, that we would catch the Cavalera show that was taking place in Albuquerque so we hustled we put a little hustle into the whole experience and we got there in time to catch Cavalera play the Cavalera brothers and they were doing the old Sepultura stuff you know beneath the remains and Arise records and um, that was uh, a lot of fun we stayed in this pretty cool hotel with a hot tub and all that kind of stuff and you know figured we'd uh, have a little comfort before we engaged on this thing so I uh, got a chance to see Richie Cavalera from Insight, who uh, was doing merch for the Cavalera Brothers, and it was great to connect with him. They kicked ass. It was great. Awesome. And then we started the tour, and those first few dates were, I got to say, kind of rough. Um, we were 
in direct competition with many, many, many metal packages going on at the same time. And, you know, some of these markets, uh, these smaller cities, you know, cannot, you can't really support, like, say, 10 shows a month in a place like Albuquerque or El Paso or, or, or places like that, you know. And so, they're, you know, the shows are a little bit small in the beginning, a little quiet. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be hard going, you know. But, you know, for example, um, El Paso, uh, the same week that we played, that our package played, the same week, the same venue, we had Destruction, Malevolent Creation, and the Devastation Across the Nation tour with uh, Rotting Christ and Borknagar. That was literally the same week. All of those shows happened within the same week of our package showing up in El Paso. So that was uh, a little bit of uh, you know a humbling experience, for lack of a better term. But um, but we're you know we're in it, so we kept going, obviously, and uh, we're like, okay, maybe you know things will get better, maybe. Um, the day that we arrived, that we crossed over into um, into El Paso, into Texas, was the day that the news broke about the, the gun violence and, um, and the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And uh, it was kind of eerie read, you know, reading about that and entering Texas. And there's a certain type of person that lives in that part of the country. There may be a higher concentration of those types of people than maybe on the coasts, even though those people exist out here for sure. The right-wing zealots that are gun enthusiasts. And look, you know, I know I do have some listeners out there that live in different countries. Uh, you know, some of my friends in, in, uh, in Australia, they just think that uh, you, Americans are out of their fucking minds with the guns. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Europeans, they think we're all John Wayne, obsessed with guns and death, you know, and, um, I have to say, um, I find it disturbing how in the face of all of this gun violence and shootings that seem to be going on in this country, that the right wing refuses to come down off of their, uh, NRA, uh, zealotry. And, um, I just think that no one's trying to take anyone's guns away. They're trying to just make sure that maniacs don't fucking get their hands on dangerous weapons, which, you know, it's not about freedom, man. You know, it's about public safety. No one's saying that you can't have a gun. No one's trying to take away your gun, you know. Um, I have some experience with handguns. I, you know, took a tactical course out here in New Jersey, you know, and I do not own a gun. Um... For a number of reasons, I uh, live by myself. I don't have anyone to protect but me. Uh, maybe if I had a family, I would own a gun, especially with all these fucking maniacs running around in the world these days. But I figured if someone breaks in, you know, hey, I'll roll the dice whether or not I can take, I can handle myself. If they're unarmed, I, have a, I feel like I have a pretty good chance of dealing with the situation. If they're armed, I don't really value my life to the extent where I'm going to be like, okay, it's my time. This is how I go out. 
and I'm cool with that. So I don't have a gun, you know. Um, there are people who think that all this gun violence is a, uh, you know, a false flag scenario constructed by the left to take away the gun rights of the right, uh, that these are all plants, that's not real, you know, consistent with that insane thinking that has been running rampant for the past several years, you know, and you can trace it all back to uh, Donald J. Trump and his minions of idiots that support him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was a fucking heavy, like driving into Texas. And this is the news that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm faced with. And there are several other incidents over the last couple of weeks, you know, Philadelphia, um, aside from the suicide in, at Maryland Death Festival, there was a there was a shooting at, at MDF, as well as a girl getting her pussy eaten uh, during the, I think it was the autopsy set. So that was you know life affirming, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that was it was heavy, man. You know, driving across the country, all the crosses, you know, Christian, uh, you know, ideals somehow linked to a completely amoral uh, figure like Donald Trump. And um, there's a certain, like, I am not against religion. You know, if you, if you want to believe the things that you want to believe, that is completely your freedom. And I support your freedom to worship whatever deities or ideas or, you know, whatever fucking crazy, you know, fucked up ideas you got about the universe. I mean, I have my own crazy ideas about the universe, so... But in the United States, man, we do Christianity just like we do guns, you know, just like we do weapons. Christian, the U.S. version of Christianity, like these extreme snake handling, televangelist bullshit world of manipulation is like I'm, I am against that to the core because it's not about worshiping. It's about control. It's about wielding power. It's about telling people what they, how they should live their lives, you know? And I'm drawing a parallel between the right wing's love of supporting freedom to bear arms, yet they vehemently oppose a woman's right to choose what she does with her body. And I find that, uh, you know, dichotomy infuriating, you know? And yeah, today... As I sit here talking about this, I believe that you should feed all these people to the fucking lions, if you ask me, man. You know, hail Satan. So that's that's my thoughts on this whole thing right now. Um, but yeah, you know, that was, uh, you drive around the country, crosses, God, freedom, Trump, all these signs, you know, people flying flags, all this kind of stuff was like uh, right in my face every day for the most part. But, you know, I don't want to get too too much into that, really. Um, you know, I'm trying to, to just kind of talk about the tour instead of just my feelings about people and religion and all that sort of jazz. But, yeah, this, this uh, particular run had some of the most intense driving situations that I've experienced since, you know, the tours I did with, An with Anodyne, maybe. You know, a lot of those tours were self were self booked or booked by DIY people, so we did crazy drives back then. But this tour was like the routing was 
incredibly uh, exhausting. I mean, a lot of, um, and I, and I understand what happened, you know, looking back on it, there was a lot of other tours going on. There was a lot of other, um, you know, competition. We were trying to like, you know, the agent was trying to like avoid a lot of that stuff. So we were backtracking, skipping certain cities and coming back to those cities later. So I get it, you know, but having, you know, going out there and doing these drives was, um, was pretty brutal. I mean, there's always that drive from San Francisco to Portland, which is 12 hours through the mountains. And it's a beautiful drive, but to do that overnight, you know, almost every tour that I've ever been on has had that drive on it. So I'm, I was aware and expecting it. The only, the only tour that we ever did where we had a day off between San Francisco and Portland were the tours we do with ISIS. Those guys always booked a day off between those two cities, which probably was smart and safe. You know, and uh, I remember we did we did um, a uh, we would we would one of the tours we did with them. We played a one off date on the on the day off. Like those guys probably you know, the ISIS guys probably all you know flew to fucking Vegas or something, and you know, were languishing in hot tubs and you know gambling and stuff like that, and then flew back to Portland. You know. That's how those guys used to roll back in those days. Uh, we had to make money, <laughs> so we played. Uh, we would play a show in like somewhere in Humboldt County, and I remember those those shows actually being pretty good. So someday I'd like to play in Northern California again. You know, maybe as part of uh, another tour, or you know, maybe some bigger tour. We'll take that day off, and we can do a, a date on our own or something. But that. 12-hour run, there was many of those on this, many overnight drives where we just, like, would lock in and just be like, all right, show's over, let's hit the road, you know? We change out drivers, do three-hour shifts, change dudes out. Um, you know, we had Salt Lake City to Mesa. <laughs> we had, uh, you know, tons of those things on this run, man. You know, some Canadian dates were, were had some, you know, brutal drives. Um, I, I always volunteer for that first nighttime shift cause I, I kind of enjoy it. You know, I like, um, that 2am to 5am, 6am time. It's like my favorite time. You know, everyone's crashed out in the van. You can you know, play whatever music you want. No one's, you know, it's quiet and you just get to think and drive through the night and, uh, you know, experience some really intense uh country you know and really see the the country at night and you know there was some some nights were just beautiful man this the moon was out the stars and especially uh the desert drives where you would drive through parts of the country uh you know colorado comes to mind where you would see these bizarre alien vegetation on the side of the road and they look like these creatures sometimes and sometimes we saw actual creatures you know wolves um coyotes you see their eyes reflected in the headlights like looking at you and you're realizing that you know you're in you're in uh you know you're in the wild and, and it's pretty cool and i i love that that's like my favorite thing and even as much as I complain about that 12-hour drive between San Francisco and Portland, I will always volunteer for that shift, that first shift of night driving 
through Northern California and the mountains and, um, you know, wondering if that was, if this is the night where I'm going to see Bigfoot or something like that, you know? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. But, you know, speaking of, um, competition, you know, a couple of nights we were in direct competition with some pretty intense, uh, pretty heavy hitters, you know, for example, uh, Mesa, Arizona, we played, literally, we played the same night as Guar and Goat Horror. They were playing down the street. In the same building, the Nile Theater, we were playing downstairs, and upstairs was the Exploited and the Chromags. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, Mesa is a cool city, um, but I don't know if you have enough people that like heavy music that can go to all three of those shows at the same night. So, uh Luckily, at the at the Nile, you had an upstairs downstairs kind of thing where I guess if you can you paid one price, you can go between both shows. So that was you know that was um, that was pretty cool. Oh, and also got to uh, got to hang out with uh, Retta, uh, Queen of the Night uh, of Mesa, Arizona. She sh- showed me around town a little bit while we were there. And um, it's been many, many years since I'd actually had a chance to hang out with her in person. So um, it was cool. I had a great time. Um, we caught up, uh, you know, and we got a chance to spend some time together. And that was a lot of fun. And I look forward to seeing her again on the you know, next, next run through. But uh, I also peeped some of the Chromags, of course, you know, and, and they, they were actually pretty fucking awesome, man. I mean, if you... If there's any doubt in your mind who is behind the Chromags, go see the new the latest incarnation of Chromags fronted by Harley Flanagan and uh you know you'll you'll realize that the other version is just like a cover band basically. You know, I know that might not be a popular opinion to hold with some people, but that's my opinion. And you can We're all different, man. You know, everyone talks about freedom we're all free to express ourselves however we wish, and I, that's my opinion. My other opinion is that if you paid money to see the exploited perform, you're a fool. <laughs> if you thought that that was good, you're fooling yourself. That's all I have to say. You know, I checked out some of their set, uh, and I went back downstairs to watch the rest of Origin's set. And, um, yeah. I think uh, it was a blatant attempt to make some money, <laughs> and uh, Waddy should, uh, you know, hang up the uh, Liberty Spikes. I'm sure it's a wig by now that he's wearing, and retire from punk rock music, and um, never come back to this country again to perform. So that's my opinion about that. The West Coast picked up quite a bit. Um, got a chance to hang out with some good friends. You know, Jay Bennett in L.A. Um, reconnected with Mark Thompson briefly. Uh, you know, Bobby Ferry of 16 in San Diego, got to kick it with him. That was awesome. In uh, Portland, totally stoked, really, really stoked to uh, have been able to hang out with Casey of Murderbait and Davey of Dry Wedding. And, um, you know, th- those are two bands that uh, we've been really trying to promote to people and 
we got a chance to hang out and get some coffee in Portland and, you know, chill out for a bit. And uh, it was really cool finally meeting those guys. And both of their bands are great and are very, very much on my heavy rotation when it comes to music that I'm playing. And um, so, yeah, you know, the border crossing was very smooth. Um, I feel like these days the real concern is whether or not you're vaccinated as opposed to drugs or, you know, anything like that. Because apparently, apparently all drugs are legal in Canada. Now, somebody might want to check me on that statement. Uh, <laughs> but when you roll up to the border, there's a sign that says drug, you know, any, I'm paraphrasing, you know, any kind of drugs have to be declared. You know, and in Washington State, which was the state that we played, we played Seattle the day the day before our crossing into Canada. Uh, marijuana is legal, so if you have weed on you, all you have to do when you come to the Canadian border is say, "I have this quantity of marijuana on me," and uh, and you're good. I mean, I'm sure that if you had like you know pounds of weed for distribution, they probably would have a problem with that, you know. But uh, you know, if you have personal use, it's not an issue. So uh, we used uh, Arrive Canada, which is an app that Todd told us about. And Todd discovered it because he was doing merch for Revocation on their last tour with Cannibal Corpse. And that's how they, they crossed into Canada. And Arrive Canada is an app you download on your phone. You put a scan of your passports in there, in there as well as all your vaccination info. And, uh, and you're able to um, coordinate your crossing into, into uh, Canada. You tell them what point you're going to, what crossing station you're at, the day, the approximate time, you know, what you're doing there, that kind of thing. And then when you roll up, they scan your, you know, you show, take your passport, they look in the van to make sure it's the right people, they scan your shit, your Arrive Canada info pops up on a screen, and they didn't even check our, uh, our paperwork. They just let us go. It was like the easiest thing ever. And Canada was incredible. Canada was like probably the high point of the tour, actually. We had a great time playing up there. The, the crowds were great. Sold a bunch of merch. Uh, played a bunch of cities that you know were, were new to us, like Edmonton, uh, Calgary, those types of cities. Um, Winnipeg. Got to hang out with Jesse from Ken Mode, which was awesome. I hadn't seen Jesse in quite a while, so it was great to hang out with him. And, you know, we had we had a meal together and hung out, and uh, it was great. The funny thing, though, was, like, while we were in Winnipeg, it didn't actually dawn to me that I was in Jesse's hometown until Champ Morgan texted me because I posted a picture, and he's like, you're, you're in Jesse Ken Mode's backyard. And I was like, holy shit, those guys are from Winnipeg. So we got in touch. Thankfully, we got in touch. And um, we were able to hang out. Sometimes that happens, man. Like, you, you're on these these tours, and you're, you're like, it's city after city after city after city, and you don't have any context as to where you're going. And, you know, unless, like, you're in contact with people all the time, it doesn't register with you that they live there, you know. And uh, that happened um, in Iowa City. Ran into one of you guys who I associated more with Des Moines 
And then this dude, you know, he shows up and um, I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm like, <laughs> like why, why, you know, how, how'd you come to this place? And it turns out that he's, he only lives like, you know, 45 minutes away or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's like a weird trippy scenario when you associate people with specific locations and then they show up somewhere else unexpected takes you by surprise you know and and there's other people out there that i've seen in uh you know illinois and and uh you know they pop up in different cities in illinois i'm like how how why are you here like what what are you doing here oh it's only 20 minutes from where where you live (laughs) so yeah it was it was kind of uh interesting on that level um the tour the tour wrapped up in lawrence kansas which you know that's still quite a far drive from uh you know from from new jersey but um that's technically the hometown of origin that's where that's technically their 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 base however longstreth lives in brooklyn uh kaiser lives in upstate new york and paul Ryan lives in San Francisco, and Mike Flores, I guess, is the only member that actually lives in Lawrence, Kansas. But it was kind of a hometown crowd for them. Uh, you know, their roots are there, and uh, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Um, it coincidentally was Justin's uh, birthday, our drummer. He turned uh, 21. <laughs> uh, no, um, considerably older than that, but, you know. He celebrated his birthday on stage with Origin, who had a cake for him. And then we did an encore of two cover songs featuring various members of Origin, Tombs, and Abysmal Dawn. Um, We did Kill Yourself by S.O.D. and Killed by Death by Motorhead, which some of you might be aware of. We have released a cover, our own cover of that song. So we... uh, I played guitar on Killed by Death. Uh, you know, it was a variety of different different people up there. Uh, Vito from uh, or from uh, Abysmal Dawn played the other guitar and the solo on Killed by Death. Uh, the SOD cover uh, was Paul Ryan. Uh, Justin played uh, drums on that. Uh, Kaiser sang. Uh, Mike Flores played bass. Uh, Longstreth played drums on uh, Killed by Death with us. Drew, of course, played bass and sang, and we all did backup vocals, and it seems like a lot of people had fun. There was stage diving. There was uh, cake being thrown at people. Um, It just was a good time, man. It was a great way to wrap up the tour, and um, it was, you know, with a heavy heart, man, we left. You know, we had spent a month with these guys, you know, the highs and lows of the whole thing, uh, new friends, old friends. And, um, yeah, it would be great. It's a great memory, man. And I have to say that it was um, a really great tour. you know. And also, just uh, on a closing note, once again, I like to show respect for Kaliteris, who had their own trials and tribulations. You know, their van broke down. Uh, they l- missed several shows. They were stuck in the desert. They got their van fixed. They met up with us in in, uh, San Francisco. Their van broke down again. They hired a box truck. 
one of their one crew member went back home so it was just them the bands without their tech and you know sound guy dude whatever that, that they had with them and um they still managed to to hang in there and play some more some dates man and uh, they didn't play any of the Canadian dates, ironically, because they're Canadian. But the box truck was not able to get into Canada. But they played, you know, Minneapolis onward those last few dates, and uh, just suffering in this box truck, man. In the and that was the hottest part of the tour was through the Midwest, man, and just cooking in the back of this thing. I guess they did all their drives at night so they didn't have to bake in the sun in this box truck. But uh, respect, man. Just like the heart of warriors those guys have, you know, and I have to say that, uh, you know, just great dudes, incredible band, great players. Um, so keep your eye out for them, man. I'm, I think they're coming back on the road this fall after the summer. So um, definitely keep keep your eyes out for uh, for Colliterous, man. They're 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 here to stay, and they're a great band, and they're a fun bunch of guys, and uh, nothing but love, man. You know, and love for everybody, man. Love love for Origin, love for Abysmal Dawn. Um, you know, all you people that came out to the shows, uh, thank you. And, um, yeah, just, you know, we're back, man. I'm back. I'm back out on the road. Looking forward to the next time we get out there. And, um, yeah, I'm tired. I'm fucking exhausted right now still. But I'm looking forward to getting getting to it again. And, um yeah, it was it was good mentally. Mentally, it was very important for me to do this, and I just feel really uh, invigorated by the whole experience. So, with that, uh, next week we'll be back with some more regular uh, "Everything Went Black" style stuff. Um, you know, more Patreon episodes, obviously, and um, yeah. So, I hope everyone has a good week, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.